you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and this is Wednesdays with Will. I'm glad that you are joining me today. First, I want to get out of the way these announcements. Um, we have some great things coming up. Primary on that list is our Marriage Family Life Conference happening July 7th to the 9th. We'll be right here in Tupelo, Mississippi. The Bancorp South Arena. It's going to be a great time. If you uh, would love to register for that conference, go to marriagefamilylife.net. Marriagefamilylife.net. You can see a list of the speakers. Uh, you can just see a video of uh, Miki and I. We have a video up there where we talk about the conference. You can even take a look at some of the, the uh, past conferences as well. We have some videos on the site. But that's marriagefamilylife.net. Marriagefamilylife.net. Also, make sure you follow us on Facebook and on YouTube. Search Erin Addison's and you can watch the broadcast live. Uh, visit the By Design Facebook page and also the webpage afa.net slash by design. And if you desire clear and concise teaching on a biblical response to critical race theory, go to resources.afa.net and you can pick up a two-part teaching done by Miki Addison on that topic. And so those are the announcements for today. Well, um, the topic I want to talk about today is going to be on the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is coming like a thief, but we are not caught off guard. He is coming like a thief, but we are not caught off guard. So the Lord has led me for the second time to go through the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah uh, was a, a, of a priestly lineage, but God called him to be a prophet, specifically to Judah. Jeremiah chapter 1 lays out uh, his call, or the call that God had on Jeremiah. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the, in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. That's Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 through 8. So Jeremiah preached and prophesied in Judah for more than 40 years. And often he was shunned, persecuted, and ignored. Now imagine preaching and prophesying for 40 years 
in the bulk of that ministry, you're being ignored. You're being persecuted by your own people. Like some of his own family was persecuting him and shunned by the general public. But while Jeremiah was prophesying the word of the Lord that Judah needed to repent and that God was sending from the north, the Babylonians, to place them in captivity, there were false prophets in the land. And these false prophets were saying, basically, they were saying, not so. One of those prophets, you can find um, him talked about in Jeremiah chapter 28. Jeremiah chapter 28. And his name was Hananiah. He was Hananiah, the son of Azor. And the Bible says, now in the same year, in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fourth year, in the fifth month, Hananiah, the son of Azor, the prophet who was from Gibeon, spoke to me in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the priest and all the people, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. And within two years, I am going to break, bring back to this place all the vessels of the Lord's house, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried to Babylon. I am also going to bring back to this place a Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, and all the exiles of Judah who went to Babylon, declares the Lord, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. So this is a prophet. He's saying the opposite of what Jeremiah had been saying and what the Lord was showing to Jeremiah. He had, he had been, he's prophesying, no, what Jeremiah is saying is not going to happen. But this is what's going to happen. All is going to be well. This is going to be over soon. But then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to the prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priest and in the presence of all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. <laughs> May the Lord do so. May the Lord confirm your words, which you have prophesied to bring back the vessels of the Lord's house and all the exiles from Babylon to this place. Yet hear now this word, which I am about to speak in, in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. And then Jeremiah says, the prophets who were before me and before you from ancient times prophesied against many lands and against great kingdoms. So he's saying that the, prophet, the prophets that came before us, their prophecies were against different lands and peoples. And so he's saying that, that was the pattern. So he said, in ancient times prophesied against many lands and against great kingdoms of war and of calamity and of pestilence. So when prophets came, it usually wasn't good news. It's kind of opposite of the prophets that we have today. The prophets we have today, a lot of times they come with, you're going to have, you're going to be blessed this way. You're going to have this and you're going to have that, you know, and I'm not saying that some of that stuff is not true what they're saying, but generally speaking with Jeremiah saying the prophets that came before him, and before Hananiah, man, they, they prophesied about some things that were going to happen. It wasn't always good. Most of the time it wasn't good. Then he says, the prophet who prophesies of peace, when the word of the prophet comes to pass, when that comes to pass, then that prophet will be known as one whom the Lord has truly sent. He said, because that would be an a, a extraordinary thing to happen. That, you know, God is saying calamity is coming upon his people. But you're saying peace. 
So he said, if that word comes to pass, man, that, that prophet is truly a prophet. And then Hananiah, the prophet, took the yoke from the neck of Jeremiah, and the prophet, and broke it. And Hananiah spoke in the presence of all the people, saying, Thus says the Lord, Even so will I break within two full years the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all the nations. Then the prophet Jeremiah went his way. So Hananiah dug his heels in. He was like, No, it's, it's not going to happen. It's, Nebuchadnezzar will not have a hold on the people. It's going to be broken. Then it says the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after Hananiah, the prophet, had broken the yoke from off the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, saying, go and speak to Hananiah, saying, thus says the Lord, you have broken the yokes of wood, but you have made instead of them yokes of iron. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron on the neck of all these nations that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they will serve him. <laughs> and I have also given him the, the beast of the field. And then Jeremiah, the prophet, said to Hananiah, the prophet, listen now, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you and you have made this people trust in a lie. Man, how egregious that is. You have made the people trust in a lie. Jeremiah says, therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I am about to remove you from the face of the earth. This year you're going to die because you have counseled rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah, the prophet, died in the same year, in the seventh month. Wow. Wow. So Jeremiah was truly a prophet of God. But he had a lot of false prophets. Hananiah wasn't the only one that was coming up and saying, no, there's going to be peace. There's going to be peace. And Jeremiah had heard from the Lord. No, we will be in captivity that God is sending Nebuchadnezzar because of our disobedience. Because of our disobedience. But praise God, the remnant heard Jeremiah, even though there were a lot of people being swayed by these false prophets. The remnant heard Jeremiah. They heard Ezekiel and other prophets of God. Now, I know the remnant heard. How do I know this? Because out of the same captivity of Judah, we get Daniel, Hananiah, Mesiel, and Azariah. Remnant people out there, those who are called by God, hear me well. We are living in a time in this country where the spoils will go to the persistent. We have to get our children ready for the Babylon that they will face. Hear me. They're going to face a type of a Babylon as well. The one who indoctrinates first wins. And the reason that the indoctrination program of the Babylonians didn't work on Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mesiel was because before they got to Babylon, they were already indoctrinated. Before they set, before they set foot in Babylon, they were indoctrinated already. There is a dullness and the sleep that the Lord places on the disobedient. And it's a spiritual matter. You ever wonder uh, with all the things that we see happening today, we read the headlines, the news that's out. How is it so hard to get fellow professing believers to see these things? 
Why, why does it seem so hard that there's so many Christians that either they don't see it or they're very, very lazy towards what's going on? Like, how are there Christians who are pro-choice? How? How's a, 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 a Christian advocating for pronoun hospitality? Like, call, they're saying, people are saying, call me what I feel like I am. So don't call me a man. Call me a woman. Call me Mrs. or Miss. And Christians are saying, okay, I'll do that. How? How are Christians championing CRT? How? <laughs> How are Christians supporting greed on one end and some are supporting partiality on the other end? Well, it's a dullness that's blatant and it's palpable. It's a type of slumber and sleep that has rested on many of the professing church. In Romans chapter 11, verse 8 through 10, it says, Just as it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor. And I talked about this before, a while back. Eyes to see not and ears to hear not, down to this very day. A spirit of stupor. Eyes to see not and ears to hear not. That sounds very familiar to what's happening in the professing church today. There are some professing believers who, because of disobedience, have been hardened. Their hearts have been hardened and put to sleep by the Lord. The Lord has allowed this. That's why some of these issues are not obvious for them. They're in, they're in sleep mode. <laughs> they're in sleep mode. And this right here is a form of punishment from the Lord. The sleep and, and the slumber is brought on by disobedience and irreverence for the most high God. For the most high God. Listen, when we see the things that are happening today, it, it calls for more than just shaking our heads. We have to respond with the word of God. And a vast, there's a vast majority of Christians, professing Christians, who are asleep right now. And so they, when they see these issues, they're like, oh man, they don't take all of that. Why, you, you, you're doing too much. But the remnant, those of us who see, we understand that man, that's something coming that we have to be ready. We have to ready our families. We have to ready our children to live in a world where they're gonna be fought against on every hand. It's very important. This is Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. And I'll be back with you right after this. So misleading. misleading Deep down they want peace and they need, they need it You think you living your best life Boy you dreaming dreamin'. You gon' see that I was right once you see him Them rappers showing off they sinning So misleading. misleading Deep down they want peace and they need it they need You think it. you living your best life Boy you dreaming dreamin'. You gon' see that I was right once you see him I was him. so low, low, low When the Holy Spirit came and touched my soul I was so low, low, low I was lost, I ain't know which way to go. I don't ever wanna do them things that he don't like. Man, I gave my life to Christ, I wanna 
This is Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. And today we're talking about, he's coming like a thief, but we are not caught off God. We're not caught off God. And I'm speaking to the remnant, because there will be some that's caught off God. You know, there's, there's some that, that's going to be shocked. Well, we're talking about the spirit of, of stupor, the slumber, the sleep that is over, the professing church. And it's, it's a sad thing. There's a scripture in Isaiah 29, verse 9 through 14. It says, be delayed and wait. Blind yourselves and be blind. They become drunk, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. For the Lord has poured over you a spirit of deep sleep. He has shut your eyes, the prophets. He has shut your eyes, the prophets. And he has covered your heads, the seers. The entire vision will be to you like the words of a sealed book, which when they give it to the one who is who is literate, saying, please read this, he will say, I cannot, for it is sealed. And then the book will be given to the one who is illiterate, saying, please read this. And he will say, I cannot read. Then the Lord said, because this people draw near with their words and honor me with their lip service, but they remove their hearts far from me and their reverence for me consists of tradition learned by rote. Therefore, behold, I will once again deal marvelously with this people, wondrously marvelous, and the wisdom of their wise men will perish and the discernment of their discerning men will be concealed. This is a feature of a disobedient people. This is what happens. Those who slumber and sleep are ones who are missing out on and can't see some important things happening right before their eyes. There's so many things happening right before our eyes, but there's so many of professing believers who can't even see it. They can't see it. They will argue with you about it. About things you, you, you would think like, man, are we really fussing about this? Is this not obvious? But there's a blindness, y'all. There's a, there's a sleep that, have, that has come over um, a lot of professing believers. The Bible says for us as the remnant, the ones who see, says, therefore be on the alert. For you do not know which day the Lord is coming. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on alert and would have not allowed his house to be broken into. For this reason, you also must be ready. So remnant people, we're going to be ready. The Bible says, for the son of man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. This will be a shock for the, um, the professing church who don't really believe. And for unbelievers, they will be shocked. But the remnant, we will not. Who then is the faithful and sensible slave whom his master put in charge of his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that slave whom his master finds doing uh, so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that evil slave says in his heart, my master is not coming for a long time. And begins to beat his fellow slaves and eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour which he does not know. 
and will cut him in pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So Jesus clearly tells us that there will be a suddenness and an element of surprise at his coming. But who are the ones that will be surprised and caught off guard? I submit it will be the unsaved world and the slumbering professing church. Again, the remnant will not be caught off guard. We who see now will see and be ready then as well if we stay on the course. We'll be able to see then like we see now, like we can look at the things that are happening. We can discern the times. We'll be able to understand and know and see then as well if we stay on the course, if we stay in his word. This is, this is a remarkable thing. The remnant, we don't have to be surprised. Look at what Jesus said. He said, who then is the faithful and sensible slave whom his master has put in charge of his household to give him their food at the proper time? Blessed is that slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. This is the remnant. The remnant will not be shocked. Because the remnant will be doing what the master has said to do when he shows up. But the slumbering and disobedient world and the professing believers, Jesus speaks, he speaks of as well. He said, but if that evil slave says in his heart, my master is not coming for a long time and begins to beat his fellow slaves and eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour which he does not know and will cut him in pieces and assign him in a place with the hypocrites. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So the remnant should be encouraged and keep on pressing. Keep on pressing. Don't give up. Don't be lulled to sleep. When those are even in the professing church, tell you, man, it don't take all of that. <laughs> don't buy it. Resist. They are sleeping. They can't see properly. That's why they're saying that. It don't take you going to church and doing all this. It don't take you reading that Bible like that. Man, I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm not doing all that. I mean, come on, man. You, you being sanctimonious, over spiritual. Man, look, they're blind. They can't see. They, they're asleep. Because it takes all of that. It takes all of that. Peter says it like this. He said, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat. And the earth and its works will be burned up. He says, since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct? And godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless. 
Again, the remnant, the ones who hear you out there who have discernment. I'm hoping that this is an encouragement to you. You're not going to be surprised. The remnant is not surprised. But here are Peter's words again. He says, since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? That's very important. Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless. We as remnant people, ones who are set apart, are, number one, we're making sure our conduct is holy. Now think of your life right now. Are you living a holy life? Are you pressing and striving for holiness? Are you asking God, help me to be holy as you are holy. Because the remnant, the ones who won't be shocked on that day, they're pressing into holiness, conduct that is holy. Number two, they're walking in godliness. Are you walking in godliness? Are you walking in the conduct and the ways of the world? How are we walking? Let's check our walk out. Because those who are remnant believers, those who are set apart, will walk in godliness. Number three, they will be looking and hastening the coming of the day of, of God. They, are, they have a, a desire that that day will come. They're looking forward to meet, meeting the master. They're looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, not as a way of escape, but man, that everything that they have believed for such a long time will be fulfilled and we'll see him face to face. Number four, they're looking for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Because we know that here on this earth, man, righteousness is, is hard to find a place for righteousness. There's so many wicked things that happen. But the remnant believers, those who are in Christ, those who are set apart, those who see and are not sleeping. We're looking for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Number five. They are diligent to be found by him in peace. A feature of the remnant believer. is peace. Found by him in peace. And number six, spotless and blameless. This should be our aim. This is what we have to attain to. This is what, you know, remnant believers desire. Those who are asleep and are slumbering can't see these things, nor are they even looking for these things. They're not, they, they don't really care about that. But our eyes are wide open in expectation. We are called to be set apart. And we desire it. We want to be set apart. Being shunned by the world does not bother us. Or does it? Like this is, this is the heart check time. Like let's, let's get real. Does it bother you 
when you're not invited to certain things because, man, people don't want to hang around you because you're trying to hold up a godly standard? Does it bother you? And if it does, let's be real. Let's bring that before God and say, God, this really bothers me. Like, I don't want this hook to be in my life, but it's here. Being shunned by the world does not bother us. We understand that the world hates us because it hated our master first. And we embrace that. We're talking about people who are set apart. I'm talking about remnant people. Because there's a lot of people in the professing church that say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. But man, there's a certain group who, man, they're, they're, they are true to it. Like in their heart, they have given over, they have surrendered. And they're saying, I'm not with this foolishness of the world. But I'm set apart. And that's what we're talking about today. One of the main things that lulls us to sleep. Now hear me, hear me well. One of the main things that lulls us to sleep, in addition to living in disobedience, is being entangled by the cares of this life. I talked about this before, but I'm going to hit on it real quick. The cares of this life. Paul says it like this in 2 Timothy. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Second Timothy chapter two, verse three and four. And right here, as we come up on a break, but before that break, I want to I want to kind of sidestep a little bit, do a little a notation. I want to give a word about politics and the so-called Christian conservatism. Okay? So I believe that politics is important and has its place. But I I believe that the importance of it for the believer, for the Christ follower, lies in using it to advance and preach the gospel. Hear me well. It's used to advance and to preach the gospel. That's how I see politics uh, used. I often think about the Apostle Paul and how he used the politics of his day in being a Roman citizen, not to garner for himself an easier existence, but to get the gospel to the ears of the king. Think about it. He wasn't, you know, saying I'm a Roman citizen so that he can have a flowery bed of ease and that, no, no, the ultimate goal was to get the gospel to the highest level, to the king. If we are not careful, if we are not careful, and if this is not our end game as it concerns politics, we will find ourselves entering to a slumber and a sleep and being entangled by civilian affairs where we lose sight of the gospel. As a watchman, I feel and I know this is what the Lord has called us to be with this show. As a watchman, this is a word of warning. This is a word of warning. This is a word of warning. If we're not careful, we will let politics and things of this world steer us away from giving the gospel because we will be so involved in that stuff till we don't even see the necessity of hearts being changed. 
This is Aaron Addison's here, American Family Radio. Be back right after this. My eyes are open, I can't get caught in these little traps. And I don't need to burn sage because that's witchcraft. We need to stop being mad at the person. It's not the flesh, it's the spirit. We need discernment. It's scary to have it all figured out and you still don't know what's coming. If I say Jesus is coming, then people think it's funny. But all these kids believe in tooth fairies and mummies. I thought Easter was about Jesus. They replaced him with a bunny. Distractions give us more faith in Santa Claus than our Savior. How come the letters in Santa also spell Satan? If scary movies are good, then why do we fear This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. We're talking about the fact that he's coming like a thief, but we are not caught off guard. We're not caught off guard. And I, before the break, I was talking. To, I was specifically talking about politics, um, and just the, the the sense, man, that it could be anything, really. I honed in on politics because that's something I think a lot of people get trapped in. Uh, while we need to understand and know what's going on and how we ought to carry ourselves as American citizens, the same time that can't cloud the gospel presentation. And, and this is what I'm saying. And I mentioned the Apostle Paul that, yes, he used the fact that he was a Roman citizen to get him an audience before the king. And he presented the gospel when he got there. But a lot of times I'm concerned that the reason we want certain political outcomes is for our safety and just and purely for our, you know, uh, we don't want to. We don't want to suffer. We don't want to suffer. So we have all we have to always endeavor to be more Christian than conservative, more Christian than whatever label we have to always. Am I saying that being a conservative is bad? No, indeed. (laughs) But I'm saying that I'm more Christian than anything else. I'm more Christian than I am black. (laughs) I'm more Christian than I am conservative. The truth is both political parties don't care about what we care about. Let's be real. Both political parties don't care about what we care about. More and more so-called social conservatives and fiscal conservatives and so on will be pushed out to the margins. It's already happening. And I mean within the Republican Party. They're going to be pushed out to the margins more and more. Right now, the Republican Party, they're tolerating those with our beliefs based on the Bible. Why? Why they want to garner votes. They want votes. You know, look, we got to stop playing these games, y'all. If we are Christians, let's be Christians and let's tell the truth. Now, the Democrat Party don't care for us at all. (laughs) Straight up. And they'll tell you. I mean, they, they're pretty bold. They don't really care about the things we care about as Christians. As far as the issues are concerned, there's a lot of things that they, man, it's, it, it goes against what the Bible says. But the same way that, you know, we, we, we talk about the Democrat Party using identity politics, which they do, and sexual deviancy and all of that to garner support and votes. Well, the Republican Party. They use conservatives in the same way. 
They don't really care about the issues we care about as Christians. I'm saying that to say that we need to make sure that we're more Christian than anything else. We're more Christian than anything else. I'm saying this to say we have to always have our faith and trust in God. And when we use politics, it's not in efforts to get us back to Mayberry. <laughs> oh, man, I remember when. Yeah, no, it can't be about that. Securing for ourselves just this sense of, of uh, nostalgia, or safety. It has to be more than that. It's not because we want to have it easy. But it should be because we desire to have a free flow of the gospel and that we can continue to preach it freely. Because there's a time that's coming that it won't be so. Look, we see what's happening. We see what's happening. And how long will they tolerate your biblical beliefs? How long will they really tolerate that? Right now, it manifests in different ways. But how, how long until that manifests in ways that, are, are, that may be violent? You know, how long are they going to tolerate that book that you read, that Bible that talks about sin and that God has a standard and a design? How long will that be tolerated? And look, again, not only by lefties, but by people who kind of be on, on the right. Like, how long will it be tolerated? I'm saying that to say, once again, we have to be sold out for Christ. Okay, so that's that side note as far as politics is concerned. But Revelation chapter 16, verse 15 says, Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, who stays awake and keep his clothes so that he will not walk around naked and men will not see his shame. Stay awake. And I'm not talking about the wokeness, you know, that the world is talking about. But we can't be sleeping and slumbering, you know, not even understanding what's happening around us. And Apostle Paul, he reiterates this for us. Um, the confidence that we can have as the remnant. And may we be encouraged to continue with his words. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 2 through 11. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. And we have it again. While they are saying peace and safety. Then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child and they will not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, praise God, that the day would overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. So then let us not sleep. There you have it again. Let us not sleep as others do. But let us be alert and sober. For those who sleep. Do their sleeping at night and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober 
having put on the breastplate of faith and love and a helmet and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we will live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you also are doing. Just as you also are doing. That's an encouragement that we get from the Apostle Paul. We're talking about remnant talk. We're talking about the thief coming. Like he coming like a thief in the night. But at the same time, those who are alert, those who are awake, those who are sober are not shocked. So from this set of scriptures, we can derive a few things. Number one, we know full well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. There are some scoffers, and Peter talked about this. There are some scoffers who say, man, y'all been saying that Jesus Christ is coming back for ages now. Is he really coming? (laughs) But we know full well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, that we know that Jesus Christ is coming back. Number two, the unsaved and professing church, just those who profess to be Christians with their lips, will be saying peace and safety. They're going to be saying peace and safety. Then destruction will come. Look, there's going to be people who are going to prophesy lies and say, oh, man, all that stuff you guys are talking about, even what the Bible says is going to happen, uh, it's going to be all right. We can just live and, and let live and everything's going to be fine. And man, for those who see are not going to be tricked by that. Thirdly, but we are not in the darkness that the day would overtake us like a thief. So we're not going to be caught off guard. It's not going to overtake us like a thief because we are those wise servants. We are those ones who are doing what the Lord has said for us to do. If, in fact, we are doing that. You know, you can remember the parable of the, the, uh, un, the wise virgins and the unwise. The wise virgins had their lamps with oil in the lamps waiting for the bridegroom. But the unwise virgins... They didn't have their oil in their lamp. They weren't ready. When he came, he showed up. And they were asking the wise virgins for some oil. (laughs) Give us some of your oil. But no, it's too late. It's too late. Those who are remnant people, who understand, who see, who are not slumbering and sleeping. Those of us. We would not be overtaken. By the day like a thief. Number four, we are sons of light and sons of day. Our very walk, the nature of our walk, we walk in the day. In John, it talks about the ones who do evil things. They love the darkness because their deeds are evil. But we're not like them. We are sons of the light, sons of the day. 
And so because of that, we have light around us. We walk in the light. And so even if a thief come, if someone comes suddenly, we're going to see him. We're not shocked. We're not overtaken. Five. And we are not of the, the night, nor the darkness. We are not of the night, nor the darkness. The very nature of us being in Christ, we walk in the light of Christ. Six. Let us not sleep as others do, but be alert and sober. Again, there are many within the, the, the professing church who are asleep. Again, I go back to those issues. Why can't they see certain things that are so obvious? It's because there's a slumbering and a sleeping. But what the word tells us, let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. We have to walk around on alert, understanding that the day will come, understanding that we need to live a sober lifestyle. One of being uh, awake and not sleep. Seven, those who sleep do their sleeping at night. And drunkards, they get drunk at night. They're sleeping. So anything could come upon them. For drunkards, man, they're not in their right mind. They don't understand, you know, they're not in the right state. So anything can, can happen to them. They can be shocked suddenly. But we're not like that because we're sober, and we're operating in the light. Eight. But we are of the day and we should be sober. Amen. We are of the day and should be sober. Nine. Having on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet, the hope of salvation. We have our armor on. We're ready. We're equipped. We're not caught off guard. We're ready for battle at, in all circumstances. We understand what's going on. So having that breastplate of faith and love, that helmet on, of salvation, it's a sign, it's a symbol of being ready, being alert. We're on guard. Number 10, we are not destined to wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. For those who see, who have eyes to see. God has protection for his people. He has protection for his people. Verse uh, number 11. We live together with him, whether we are alive or dead. So in life and in death, we are with our master. We're walking. We're alive right now. We're walking in the light. We're living unto him. And when we die, we'll be in his presence. And number 12, we as the remnant are encouraged and we encourage one another. This message hopefully was an encouragement for those who are walking in Christ. But if you're hearing this and you're like, man, you're, you're, you're kind of like upset by it or man, let's ask the Lord. Let's ask the Lord. Help us. Show us if there's something that's in us that's not right. We are not to be ones who are slumbering and sleeping, but we are ones who are on alert. We are ones who live in the day. We live in the light. 
And as these things are happening, we are not caught off guard. We are not caught off guard because we know that Jesus is coming back and we're ready for his coming. This is Aaron Addison's. Be back with you tomorrow. But until then, God bless.